brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. It's sippin' time. Welcome to this Sips House episode where everything good in life is worth discussing. I am one of your hosts here today, good old boy Mike, and joining me here at the table is producer and whiskey and scotch aficionado Jason. Good to be here. <clears throat> also joining us here at the table is none other than the world-famous good old boy Ryan. Well, Hello. <laughs> Our sip segments are all about wine, distilled spirits, tea, and coffee. We're going to fire up the bagpipes, laddie, as we're going home because we're going to be letting the sails blow as we're heading down to the southern island of Islay. Ah, yes. Welcome to all things Scottish. Our slogan is, if it's no Scottish, it's crap! <laughs> <laughs> well, we have no crap to, uh, to taste today, do we, laddies, eh? I'd say it's pretty good stuff. <clears throat> uh, so this is a great segment uh, in a great way to approach Scotch. Is really talking about things in the region. On this segment today, uh, it is an all Scotch show, and the region that we're going to talk about is Isla. Um, and we'll go through some background about specifically regions for Scotch. The four uh, products that we're going to go through today are all from Isla. <clears throat> And I'm going to butcher everything today. So Ryan is going to chime in and get uh, get me on the right track as we go around. We're going to go in this order as well. The Lagavulin, 16-year-old. <laughs> he says correct <laughs> on that. So he did Lafroy triple wood. Yeah, two of four. How about that? <laughs> uh, the Ardbeg Yugadal. Wow, you're doing really well. Uh, it's three of three. And the Ardbeg Alligator. Those are the uh, ones that we're going to go through. So I managed to get most of those correct. <clears throat> I can't believe that uh, I've not butchered something right off the bat. <clears throat> so Ryan gets the honor of going over our SIPs ratings for today. Well, we, we will be tasting and discussing the scotch today and rating each one of these with the SIPs ratings plus our signature sounds. Here are those ratings now. Uh, one, give me a glass of water to wash my mouth out. Two, nice, but uh, what else do you have? Well, isn't that nice? And three, hmm, interesting, I guess. Uh, what was this again? Interesting. And four, well, let's keep this a secret to ourselves and. Can I have just a little bit more? That's classified. And five. Oh my. I was unaware there was anything this good. Oh my goodness! Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes! Yes! Thanks, Ryan, uh, for going over our SIPS ratings here on SIPS Sutton Spokes. Um, so we'll get to use those as we're going through the scotch today. <clears throat> uh, let's chat about scotch, and in particular, Isla. Um, I. Isla, yes, I said it correct. Thank God. <laughs> I knew I was going to uh, butcher something here. You are British. 
I'm Scottish. Scottish? Why didn't you say so? <laughs> so, uh, Scotch uh, is from Scotland pro uh, proper takes on taste characteristics that are defined by regions, and we're going to talk a little bit about each of those regions right now. There's Highland, which is the bulk of the mainland. <clears throat> um, it's right in the center of Scotland itself. There's Speyside. It's unique to the northern coastal region in Scotland itself. There's the Lowlands. Yep, that's right. You guessed it. It's on the south side of Scotland. Then there is the region we're going to talk about today, Islands, which mostly cover the Northwest Islands, and it's actually divided into two groups, uh, Skye and Isla. And we're going to be actually be talking about uh, Isla today. So I flunked Gaelic <laughs> <laughs> growing up. So that is absolutely true. <laughs> and I am going to be butchering the pronunciation of just about everything today. You thought my French was bad. My my Scot my Gaelic is even worse. I have tried rehearsing, uh, but the Scotch kept getting in the way of all of my rehearsals. So. Uh, the first one I'm going to butcher is Bunahavan. Bunahavan, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, by my count, I think that's three drams so far. Just um, keep drinking. Maybe it'll get better. It's a, it's a brand new drinking game that we need to invent. Every time that Mike screws up something, uh, <clears throat> uh, any wording in uh, Gaelic, you'll have to uh, chime in and... Uh, a drink a dram. Welcome to all things Scottish. Our slogan is, if it's no Scottish, it's crap! <laughs> so Isla is the southern island in uh, Scotland, known for its influences of sea-producing, very fragrant peat. Now, peat is mostly fuel uh, in Scotland. It's actually a precursor stage for coal. So... Uh, and it's basically decayed vegetation, and over time it moves through a series of stages and uh, at the stage that it's used specifically here for scotch is when it's called peat and it moves through I don't know four or five other stages before it reaches coal so <clears throat> it's still widely used as a fuel product in many parts of the world peat is prized in Scotland for creating unique flavors with barley which is what you actually use to make scotch Islet is known for being both peaty and smoky and I think those are two words we'll be using a lot today. <coughs> yes. Uh, many describe the taste as a medicinal flavor. They also possess notes of iodine, seaweed, and salt. Since it's all surrounded by the ocean, you can imagine that's the reason why that's uh, a heavy influence as well. So here's my first one. Kulila. <coughs> Kulila. Oh. <laughs> it was close. It was close. It was almost there, man. Uh, is uh, on the northern side of the island and across from Jura, which is directly uh, between the mainland and Isla itself, also produces a strongly peated whiskey. So um, it's difficult to talk about uh, land. Um, uh, it's difficult to talk about scotch without talking about the land because the land and the two are one. <clears throat> the land makes the scotch. And so that's the reason why it's always kind of you know, when you talk about uh, scotch, you're talking about the landscape as, as much as the product itself. In this case, the islands are renowned for spectacular scenery. The whole thing is surrounded by water, of course. Vibrant culture and heritage, as well as their abundant wildlife, including the golden eagle, 
which I had no idea that they had eagles in Scotland, did you? Nope. Uh, sea eagles, red deer, and the otter. The marine life is stunning and provides the opportunity to whale watch and see basking sharks, porpoises, and dolphins. So, um, I don't know if you guys knew this, but actually the scotch industry is the second largest uh, industry on Isla itself. The first is agriculture. Wouldn't surprise me. Well, it's a small island, and you know, I, I'm sure that it's very difficult you know, to get things on and off the island. So, they really have to uh, pick an industry that doesn't require a tremendous influence of people or things to support those people as well. And uh, distilleries are probably easy you know, to do that. There are actually eight working distilleries on Isla, accompanied by almost 3,500 people. Um, they're actually called Beaches. Um, I probably butchered that. <coughs> and also uh, an estimated 60,000 geese wow. uh, migrate through the island itself. I didn't know that. So maybe that's where the Turduncan actually originated. I I think of that as a uh, you know <laughs> a, a traditional German dish, but with sixty thousand geese, um, I've got to believe that there are some good dishes with geese um, with such an abundance of geese available on the island. Now, even though there are eight distillers, there are many more brands. Um, the same thing happens with other distilled products, in particular bourbon, <clears throat> which Jason, I know, can definitely attest that we have a lot more brands of bourbon than we do distilleries. And so we actually didn't come up with uh, inventing that uh, solution. Um, you know, Scotland had it way before us where they had, you know, multiple brands that were coming out of, you know, certain distilleries as mm -hmm. well. Um, the oldest distillery is Balmore, operating since 1779, although Lagvulan has been around since 1740 till 1742, but was not actually legal until 1816. So, I know this is all fascinating, <coughs> and I'm sure right now you're going, hmm, I might actually tune out. Don't worry, the scotch is coming. <laughs> we have a lot more to talk about. Um, and I have a lot more things to mispronounce, so you would not want to miss any of that. <laughs> so, uh, Ryan, Jason, and I are actually going to be discussing our top picks first, and then we'll make our way through the rest of the Scotch today. So that's uh, a little bit of the background about uh, Scotland and the Scotch that we're uh, tasting as well. So I learned an awful lot, uh, certainly with the background research um, you know, around this. I think that I knew the products... Um, and the distilleries, you know, on Isla, but I didn't recognize the, <clears throat> I don't know, the close-knit nature, you know, of the distillery community uh, on Isla itself. I knew that uh, the distillers within the Highland region tend to talk to each other a lot more, but over time, as these distilleries have been bought and sold and bought and sold, and, and a lot of them are owned by companies outside of Scotland now. Yeah, huge companies. Diageo is probably one of the biggest. Yeah, and actually, as I was going down the eight uh, that are actually on Isla, I believe there's only one distillery that is actually owned by a, the distiller on Isla or even within Scotland proper itself. So I don't know uh, what that says about the state of the product, but uh, certainly the balance and the consolidation in the distilled spirits industry is alive and well in Scotland for sure. Definitely. For now, at least. Well, uh, I don't think that that has uh, influenced the products uh, that we're uh, certainly going to talk about today. So let's get right to that. Um, so up first, uh, Ryan's going to talk about his top pick, his rating notes, and his sips rating. 
All right. My top pick pick is definitely the Ardbeg Ugedal. Oh, wow. <laughs> I really like extreme scotches. I love the unchill filtered, high proof, very peaty, very smoky scotches. And that really does it for me. So I'm going to give that one a sip suds and smokes five. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I was unaware anything could be this good, and a good way of certainly describing, you know, that uh, scotch as well. Had you had this before today, Ryan? Actually, I have not. I actually collect Ardbeg, but this is one that has eluded me. Um, So, um, we actually have two uh, products today from Ardbeg. How many products do you know that they, they make at Ardbeg? They come out with some special editions every year. Uh, the Galileo, Alligator, uh, Non-Beast, um, you get all Corey Vrecken. Uh, they've got the regular 10-year. Uh, they've just released a new one that I think will be that will be available here in Tennessee very shortly. Uh, the special editions tend to be $100 to $120. The 10-year is actually quite affordable. I think it's around the $60 mark, $50 mark. It's, uh, it's not that bad. Uh, so there is a wide range of what you can buy from uh, heavy smoked to um, not so heavy smoked from them. Um, yeah, they, they, they have a, a wide spectrum. Hmm. You know, it's too bad that uh, this radio sh- uh, show is not Smell-O-Vision, because it smells really great in here, I've got to say. I'm just like... Oh, man, you know, I... Uh, I feel like the smoke alarm is going to go off there any second. I don't think so. The only thing that's going to go off is the scotch alarm, because I'm telling you, it smells so good in this in this studio right now. It's just amazing. Um, so up next is going to be Jason's top pick in your sips rating. I'm going to have to go with the Lagavulin 16-year-old. Wow, how about that? Um, and I'm going to give it a, a Sips rating of a 4. Let's keep this secret to ourselves. Pour me another. But I will say this. Um, something surprised me, and I'm going to actually give this a tie with the Laphroaig Triple Wood, which I'm also giving a four. Oh, I don't think we can offer up ties, but oh. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah. So you're going to give the uh, Laphroaig a four as well? Yes, I am. Right. And I will tell you, the Lagavulin um, is very much, in my opinion, a bourbon drinker's um, scotch. It's very light. It's not heavy on the peat. It's got the citrus and vanilla that we're used to drinking with American whiskey. Um, Laphroaig was just extremely interesting to me. It was a mouthfeel that I look for very much when I drink whiskey, and it's it's almost like a a very wooded whiskey that makes your mouth go dry as you have the liquid inside your mouth. It's very unique and very interesting, and and that's why I gave those two a tie. Well, uh, both very interesting choices, and um, you know, I think probably between the three of us, I'm betting you probably get to sample a lot more products, you know, across bourbon, whiskey, and, and scotch. I bet you have, you know, Ryan and I beat like ten to one. Easily, you know? <laughs> I do get to try a lot of stuff. That's so. For sure. uh, I have a, a tremendous amount of respect for uh, your palate as well as just your, you know, knowledge of uh, the products it, itself. Um, had you had a chance to have in any either one of those before today? I have. I've tried the Lagavulin, and I've actually tried a lot of different Lagavulins. Um, Lafroig, I've never had the Triple Wood, but I have tried a bunch of other versions of Lafroig. Like Ryan touched, um, each one of these distilleries like to come out with special editions, so it's it's hard to try them all, especially when you're coming out with three, four, five different versions every year. But um, yeah, I try to get around a little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> so I. 
Uh, I'm curious if you uh, know of any of the problems with product availability. You know, we're, everybody's talking right now about the whiskey shortage. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, if you didn't listen to our uh, bourbon show and our whiskey show previously with Jason and Juliana, you should go back and listen to it. A lot of great information on there. But, you know, one topic that we didn't cover was, you know, the fact that many producers are selling White Lightning directly is um, influencing some measure of capacity of their ability of aging products, plus the overall demand is just uh, really going up quite a bit. Do you think that Scotch has the ability of throttling you know, that supply and demand problem and is not going to have to deal with some of those shortages um, in the industry itself, product shortages? Um, well, like you touched on, bourbon and American whiskey is very much in a shortage right now. Um, but I will say that the bourbon Cumberland cask, one eighty-five a, a bottle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I will tell you this: the Scotch and the American whiskeys go hand in hand. Um, when we age whiskey in America, we age it in a new white oak barrel, and then when we dump that whiskey out of the barrel to be bottled, we actually ship that barrel to Scotland, usually to be to age Scotch in. So when we have a shortage here of barrels, the scotch actually will have a shortage of barrels also. Mm. So usually if a if a shortage is happening in the United States, then the shortage in Scotland is about 10 years down the road. So um, you very well could see a little bit of shortage of scotch. However, the scotch have one thing that they can do that we're not really allowed to do here, and that is use other barrels that are available, such as sherry casks or port casks or cognac casks or rum casks and that's what a lot of these special editions are but you know like you said um there's definitely going to be whiskey shortages across the world for the next 10 to 20 years and we're just going to have to watch prices increase because of that so i think this is the first time that i've really understood the nature of that problem um and so i'm just keying off what you said is is that uh is that supply problem related to the availability of new oak or yes. is it just basically people are buying more bourbon than is being aged or is it a combination of those two yeah i mean it's definitely a little bit of both but when the recession hit the united states um the people who'd go and cut down trees they would take loans from the bank to rent equipment and during the recession nobody was giving out loans so they could not go and cut down the trees to give the new oak to the stave producers to make barrels so some of the largest um, whiskey manufacturers in the united states which are sazerac and four roses and jim beam and heaven hill the none of them have been able to get the amount of barrels that would keep up with the demand 10 years from now mm. so you know also demand is increasing you know these producers um have formulas and that says i'm going to make five or ten percent more product year over year to build brands when you have growth in 20 and 25 percent you start running out of product and um you know as people go from bourbon and american whiskey to scotch and scotch whiskey and aged rum because that's what people are thinking the next two big categories are you're going to see shortages in both of those for the next 20 years don't be taking away my bourbon or my scotch it's going to get ugly then so (laughs) Well, uh, a really uh, great <clears throat> discussion, and, and I'm finally, uh, I'm glad I finally understand, you know, the nature of, uh, you know, that discussion of the shortage itself. This is the first time I really heard it quite explained the way that you did today. So, uh, thank you for that. Yeah. 
Listen, uh, we're going to take a, a quick uh, break here, um, real quick, and uh, we will be right back. Thanks for uh, coming back and uh, joining us for this discussion we're having today on Isla um, uh, Scotch today. We have uh, Jason and Ryan here with us for this discussion, and it's time for Good Old Boy Mike's uh, top pick. So, uh, really great choices to go through today. Um, <clears throat> and uh, my top pick is going to be Ardbeg Yugadol uh, as well, too. as yeah. same as uh, Ryan. So. Um, <clears throat> I mean, just a phenomenal um, scotch. I have a lot of scotch. I would have to say that I'm probably a bit more of a Speyside uh, kind of guy. Um, and so it's, um, I would say uh, the, only, the only one of these that I had tasted previously was the Lafroy. Um, that's the only one of the four that uh, I'd had before today. My tasting notes around the Ardbeg Yugadol are well balanced. You know, it's just, um, it's this very unique balance of peat and smoke and wood and alcohol. And it all is just this <clears throat> amazing moment that is happening in your mouth. Um, if there was, uh, if there was something that I was hearing, it was the bagpipes blowing. You know, as I, this, this was just infecting my nasal ca cavity and just the entire experience of uh, tasting this was just um, uh, wonderful. And I'm so glad uh, we got to taste this today. My sips rating for Ardbeg Yukadal is oh going to be five. <clears throat> yeah. 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 Uh, just, uh, just really quite amazing. Um, oh my, I was unaware anything could be this good, and uh, that is uh, truly an understatement for uh, that particular scotch. So uh, those are our top picks. Um, let's uh, let's go one by one and uh, kind of go through the rest of the balance of uh, what we uh, didn't get to talk about. Ryan, what else? Uh, uh, you can talk about it in whatever order you want to. <clears throat> I have to agree with Jason that the uh, Laphroaig Triple Wood has this oaky flavor to it that gives it a, a mouth feel and a texture that is very unique. I will say that Jason said that the, the Lagavulin is a little bit more of a bourbon drinker's scotch. I, I, I'm going to say that the Lafroy. approachable would be the word yeah, you know, that I yes. actually wrote down. Yeah, uh, The Lafroy to me is actually my bourbon drinker's scotch. Yeah, uh, I think it's got that really woody, uh, spicy um, vanilla to it as well. Uh, the Alligator... That bottle has been open for about two or three years, and it is just now starting to calm down. It's just now starting to become approachable, and it's, it's just a touch sweeter. I will say that the Lafroig and the Ardbeg Alligator are probably my top two, top three, hmm. with so, the Lagavulin one falling last. Hmm. So let's go through uh, each one of these in your uh, sips rating. So uh, for the Lagavulin um, 16, what, what's your sips rating on that? I'd probably give that a sip suds rating of 2. Okay. Well, isn't that nice? <clears throat> and the uh, Laphroaig? Uh, the Laphroaig, I'm going to have to give a 
Is there, can I give it a three and a half? No. <laughs> I'll give it a three. No, good boy, Jim. You cannot do halvesies. That's, he always loves to do halves. So, yeah. um, so a three. <clears throat> and the uh, alligator, what's your situation on that? Alligator is definitely a four. Oh, wow. <clears throat> Can you tell that I like Ardbeg? Yeah, well, you know, um, it's showing really well here today. And uh, so I don't think that it's just because, you know, that's what you are drawn to naturally. I just, I think it's the the way the scotch is tasting today. And um, the next one we'll do will be blind. Ooh. 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 I'm down for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jason, uh, what are, what are uh, some of your comments about some of the other uh scotches that were not um you've talked about the lagavulin and the lefroy how about both the ardbergs well the ardbeg yugadal um is very interesting um i would probably give it a sips rating of a three interesting. um which is hmm interesting what was that again and um i would comment that it's very heavy on the peat um, but it has a very leathery um, taste to it. Almost um, reminds me of, like you were saying, the bagpipes going off. It definitely is a scotch drinker's scotch. Um, the Ardbeg Alligator. Um, I will say that this one seems a little different to me. Um, it's very heavy on the peat, but it's almost got a slightly bitter taste to me. So um, I'm going to have to give it a sips rating of a two. Wow, mm. that um, I know that this might offend some other people at the table, but I will say just, you know, for my palate, um, it, it's slightly too bitter for me. It's not what I look for in, in a whiskey. I like something with a little more sweetness, a little more citrus notes. Capello! Yes, he went out on a limb as he offered up that rating. <clears throat> Just like a Scottish uh, soccer player, football footballer. <clears throat> um, so uh, it's, this is uh, this is exposing a little bit of some of your palate disposition between you two as well. Oh, we're exactly opposite of oh, each other. I, yeah, I definitely. You know, we, we've debated on this for years. You, we will. You're we'll, all Pete, and he's he's all mm, not Pete. You know? yeah. so. we, we may have to take this outside. <laughs> um, so I, I I haven't tasted uh, I've tasted a lot of things with, with uh, Jason, a lot a lot of whiskey, Scotch, but. I'd have to peg you as a Highland guy, just based on some of the way that you're describing even some of these. Is that, would yeah. you even say that you're... Or even Lowlands. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, though, I you know, it's interesting. I find hidden gems in all the regions, so I end up not trying to point myself in one region. Mm. Uh, he's got to be politically correct here. <laughs> <laughs> well. The... Um, uh, so I wanted to go through and uh, talk about some of the ones that uh, I didn't get to as well. So I think the easiest way is, let me talk about the other Ardbeg, uh, since I picked the Yugadol as my top pick. Um, the Alligator. Um, so I, the one thing that I learned about this um, when we were reading through the background was I asked you what was the difference you know, between the Yugadol and the Alligator. And it's pretty easy. They basically just char the barrel differently. Yes, and come up with a, a different style of uh, alligatoring, basically the char on the barrel. And you know, this is a technique that many distillers use to try and influence the flavor characteristic. Actually, by exposing more of the char, um, I know that they do this at they do it at Jack Daniels, Wild Turkey, Wild Turkey. Um, any other places you know of, Jason? They do that. 
Did they do different char levels? Well, they they tend to almost artificially, you know, um, uh, develop the alligatoring, you know, on the inside of the barrel, almost to the point that they'll actually score the barrel before they char it, right? Something yeah. like that. Um, yeah, different ways to char barrels. You can know you can roast the barrels, char it. You can even dry it out. But yeah, um, Buffalo Trace actually did a really cool experiment on the the char levels on the inside of the barrel, which is one of their experimental collections, and that's uh, really interesting. And that'll show you the differences between the different burns. That'd make a great show. Was that yeah. heavy char and hot box? Yeah, that was yeah. the hot box toasted one. Hmm. Those were great. <laughs> so you know. I, I think that uh, even tasting these alongside each other, uh, you know, I, I didn't particularly care for the alligator. Of all the ones we had today, I actually thought it was a tad hot, and it was just very peaty. And I just, uh, you know... It is probably one hey, of the those, scotches out there. <clears throat> those and, could be fighting words right now. Well, and, oh, no. he was, and he was defending it really quick, saying it's probably a bit oxidized. It's in a bottle that's, you know, been open for, at least exposed to air for three years, but... Um, even with that, my sips rating for the uh, Ardbeg Alligator is going to be three. <clears throat> so um, the uh, Lagvulin um, was uh, also a great scotch. My tasting notes around that uh, for the 16 year is that <clears throat> um, I thought it had more smoke than peat. Um, but it was really easy on the palate. I agree. Um, and very approachable uh, was part of what, you know, I kind of thought about this. I'm just kind of smelling it, tasting it in here real quick, everybody. Um, yeah, you know, I thought uh, if there's anything that's a, a crossover Highlands-style um, scotch, this would be it. Um, and, you know, I would say if somebody is just not wanting basically a peat mom, uh, like the Ardbegs, um, that's a good place to start would be the Lagavulin, you know, 16-year. Um, my sips rating for the uh, Lagavulin 16-year uh, is going to be 4. Classified. <coughs> Let's keep this to ourselves. Um, and I probably would hog that, you know, at a party and say, what scotch? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. Here's the Jack Daniels special. Good for you, buddy. Uh, let's see. The last one uh, that uh, I wanted to review was the Lafroig, and that's probably the only one I've pronounced correctly all day long because I actually stared at their commercial with the old guy standing Lafroig, you know. So I actually, you know, <clears throat> got that one down, uh, no problem. This, um, oh wow, you know, um, this reminded me of several other uh, products as well. But I'll read my tasting notes for the Lafroig Triple Wood. It's just pure smoke. It's like smoke wrapped in smoke. <laughs> it's just, um, you know, that layering effect of smoke is something that um, I've only tasted in a few products. The one thing that this reminded me of was Triple Smoke from Corsair. Uh. It just had that kind of layering effect, you know, around smoke where it wasn't just very one-dimensional around the smoke. It just felt like something was, you know, just constantly wrapping my palate and coming back around. It was something slightly different every single time, you know, that I exposed it to air. It was just really um, quite an amazing uh, experience on my palate and that smoke wrapped in smoke. <clears throat> there was another... Um, Actually, another scotch at the whiskey tasting last year that had some of the same characteristic. And I'll have to go back. I really wonder if it was Lafroy. I'll have to go back and look at my tasting notes. <coughs> my uh, sips rating for the Lafroy Triple Wood is going to be four. As well. So um, that covers um, the scotch we were going to talk about today. 
Um, very interesting. Did you guys think that this was going to turn out the way that you did? Because some of these products you had tasted and some of you hadn't. No, not at all. No, uh, I was surprised. I, I didn't I know that the, uh, the Lagavulin was going to be as mellow as it was compared to the rest. And I didn't know that the Lafroy was going to be as smoky and woody as it was going to be. Um, you know, obviously you expect peat out of the Ardbegs, and you get that. I think the two that really surprised me were the Lafroig and the Lagavulin. Yeah, and I would uh, <clears throat> uh, would be be great to taste, you know, a couple of the other distilleries, you know, in another show, and actually look at some uh, different characteristics of peat from Isla as well as peat from like you know Speyside, and you know, say all peat is not created equal, and um, it is as much an influence of the land and the peat as it is, you know, the, what the distiller is doing here. And the water, too. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Mineral content has an awful lot to do with uh, <laughs> nearly everything. Uh, beer, wine, you know, mm. not wine, but, you know, beer, distilled spirits, you know, anything is, uh, originates, you know, with uh, a component of water. Certainly has a heavy influence in how it's going to taste, so... Um, any of these you, you'd go back to after the show? Oh, that's easy. <laughs> <laughs> no question. Oh, uh, well. I'll take the Oogadol, please. Uh, is there a product that you wish it had been here in here today that uh, would have, you know, definitely have, have stood out, you know, in this tasting flight? Just to give some uh, different dimension to the tasting, I think Talisker would have been kind of cool because it's coming from Sky. Mm. And Balmore, um, I think, yeah, would have been interesting to, to have been, you know, in the run here as well. Um, I think that they they have such a broad range of products from Balmore mm -hmm. um, that I that's probably the only that's the only distillery I kind of wish we had had today, but we didn't. So, but time got the best of us. So, and I wish um, we had brought maybe a um, Lagavulin a distiller's edition. I think that that would have stand out from the crowd. This Lagavulin is very light, but some of their distiller's editions are very heavy, very peaty, very smoky, and would have been very interesting. Yeah. Well, I'd like to think this is a start of a, a number of conversations around, uh, you know, scotch and, you know, continuing conversation around bourbon as well. I know that we're going to have another show on Speyside in the not-too-distant uh, future. That's going to be uh, great, too. There's a is, lot yeah. of different um, – there's a huge spectrum of what Speyside has to offer. Yeah, and I'm uh, um, I already admitting, you know, I'm, I'm very partial to Speyside, and um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to going through some products that I have not, you know, previously tasted or – purchase as well so uh, I'm really looking forward to that well uh, thanks um, really great stuff Ryan and Jason um, let's uh, wrap up our sips episode for today thanks to all of our listeners here at sips Suds, and smokes you can catch all of our episodes online on iTunes SoundCloud TuneIn Stitcher YouTube Uncle John's Basement and Spreaker our native media host you guys have no idea where Uncle John's basement is, do you? <laughs> do I want to know? No. <laughs> it's, a, it's a dude sitting down there. Uh, change the channel again. I ain't, I ain't watching that football soccer thing, whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> These guys got to shut up. Let's see. Our terrestrial radio station hosts are always expanding and questioning who in the world made the bonehead decision to buy this show. If you'd like to hear this show on your favorite radio station, send them a note, a bottle of scotch, and copy us as well. You know what? 
just send us a copy of the bottle of scotch. We don't need anything else. <laughs> 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 and Ryan is saying, a very tall bottle of our bag. <laughs> Please. <laughs> you can reach us online anytime at info at com. Our daily tasting floats flow out on Twitter every day. At Smokes is our handle. And our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. Do us a favor and take the time to rate this episode. You got to listen to us butcher the Gaelic language here um, for free. So if you're listening online, uh, that would be great. If you could do us a big favor and actually rate this show, whatever you want to rate it. You can rate Ryan's ability of saying all these a lot better than me. So we also get to see your feedback as well, and that really helps us. I want to thank my co-host, Ryan, for uh, being here. It was, it, was a, it was a pleasure. And Jason, thank you very much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. You both endured my redneck Gaelic. I really appreciate it. <laughs> uh, for now, I'm going to ask uh, our listeners to join us once again. This is Good Boy Mike. I'm going to ask you to keep on sipping. This has been a one tan hand production of Sip Suds and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time. <laughs> <laughs>